But hurry, please, we have so much time and so little to see. Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? Welcome back. Welcome, Fantasy Island. The Battle of the Network Stars. Hey! Well, I'm not a crook. I work on my hair a long time, and you, and you hit it. He hits my hair. That's it. The Cincinnati Reds win the World Series. Don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again, ever. Elvis Presley, the king, died this afternoon in Memphis, Tennessee. Doobie, doobie, doo. Where are you? My karate after shave. Be careful how you use it. Live from Aquavelva Velva Studios, welcome to Living in the 70s, the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with the 1970s. The best that we remember? Your best. What? Yeah. 70s? 70s. Wow. That's a long time ago. That's yes, it. Is. So in case you missed last week's podcast, we're taking the next few weeks here, from taking a break from our living in the 80s, which we love and adore. We, we and love the 80s. We do. But without the 70s, you wouldn't have the 80s. I mean, you can't just skip the 70s. I mean, I get it. I get yeah. it. So we are going to be talking this week about some of our favorite movies from the 70s. Okay. Yeah. Is this an extensive list? No. No. That's right. It could be. It could be if we put the effort into all of that studying, but who has time for that? <laughs> Matt's been mowing the grass. Right. Snowball's been blowing his knee out. We, we like low-hanging fruit, right? So I noticed you took low-hanging yeah. fruit this week. I didn't say I it. I always take Well, you kind of did, too. Yes, you did. Did I really? Absolutely. Yes. Please. Go as late in the 70s as we possibly can. <laughs> oh, jeezy, please. At least I moved around a little. I moved around. Just stop. Uh, Just stop. Uh, I was one in 1970. (laughs) How many movies did I see? Well, you know, through the magic of streaming and maybe DVDs over the years or VHS, VHS, these movies have been available to us for many years. Yes. Kevin. Yes. So, (laughs) Kevin is not with us tonight. He conveniently skipped out on us, citing... I never watched movies in the 70s. He said, I didn't see my first movie till 1982. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I call shenanigans, okay. Kevin. I bet he's seen movies from the 70s. I'm sure. That's, that's actually why he's not here, but that's the reason we're going with no, it. Tonight. We're going to stick with that. So, all right. We miss you, Kevin. Absolutely. It's just not the same. But Pure Energy is back. Pure Energy is back. And listening to last week's podcast, hmm. There were some comments made that, uh, you know, just saying. Why are you all bawling us, man? Well, I, I, I think it's I, all on you, buddy. I ain't mean mugging, but I'm just saying, you know, we better talk bad about Kevin. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay, all right. Then I'll feel better. I mean, I'll feel a little bit better, you know. It's our but, love language, man. I appreciate that. It is. It is. Sarcasm and insults is our love language. It's, it's love. It's, it's the love. sixth and seventh love language. I tell you, I, you, you tricked me, though, Watch, listening to that podcast last week, and it was April Fool's, right? It was. And you busted out this whole 70s thing and, and made a reference that is going, this is where things are going to be. And I'm going, what the crap? Nobody told you. Nobody told me. I mean, I've been known to miss a meeting or two, maybe skip (laughs) an occasional text or two. And I thought, 
what the crap did I miss? I was. I Those was, guys really doing that? They doing that? They yeah. did it. I mean, it, they had me hook, line, sinker. There I was. <laughs> Got me good. <laughs> and uh, then you just put us to rest. That's well, good. sorry to have shocked you so much. Yeah. That was yeah. not the plan, Matt. Okay. That was not the plan. Very good. But it worked. It did. Yes. So the rest of the audience out there, you're turning it, tuning in to living in the 80s. You're getting this living in the 70s experience. Hang in there with us. We think yeah. you'll like it. It's just a little, t- we're getting a little taste. It's I will almost guarantee you that every movie we mentioned tonight, you've probably seen. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, if you're a true child of the 80s, because a lot of us, are, we're, we're similar in age. You know, if we were teens in the 80s and really made the most of it, then we were kids in the 70s. So most of us endured them, lived through them, and have memories kind of of them. Yes. So it was our wonder years. It was our wonder years. It was. Look that's at beautiful. You. I just, that's beautiful. That is. That's beautiful. Kevin couldn't say that. No, he couldn't. Or the other Kevin from the wonder years. There it is. It is. Wow. Wow. Snowball's bringing it again this week. You get the energy again, don't you? Yeah. With the mojo working. Oh, it's working. Hey, gang. Love it. As we did last week, we're going to do a little segment we like to call... In the News. These are news items from the 70s. Maybe they were political news. Maybe it was technology news. It could be anything. Sure. But uh, we're going to hear report it to you mm. today. So... We're going to start with Snowball. He's very excited. He wouldn't even tell us no. what his news item was prior to the podcast. And I can't, I can't wait. I, I can't either. I, I seriously cannot wait for this. I want you to be like the listeners, to be able to have a fresh reaction yes. to this story. Let's do it. Okay. Drop it on us. 1970. All right. Richard Milhouse Nixon is president of the United States. Yes. He's yeah. traveling around the world. He's going to all these different palaces, all these different foreign leaders, and he sees their guards and how they're dressed. So he comes back to America and says, we need to change what our security looks like at the White House. Hmm. Okay. So, so he gets this grand idea. You know, today you think of Secret Service, it's navy blue suit, white shirt. Maybe the Ray-Ban sunglasses. Yeah. Yep. Earpiece. Yeah. No, he went with... <clears throat> He decided to change the White House guards into a new uniform that featured a white double-breasted tunic, which would be like a double-breasted neck piece. Sort of like a turtleneck kind of thing? Yeah, kind of like a turtleneck, yeah, like a dress collar, real stiff. And then around the shoulders, it had these gold ropes. Hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm trying to paint a picture for you. A little tough to describe this without seeing the picture, but so you got these gold ropes around the arm, and then for a hat... It's called a shako. Okay. Okay, it's rounded and kind of has a fade to the front to it. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. So, apparently it didn't go over well. Didn't receive very good reviews. No. So, it only lasted a couple months. Um, after a few months, you know, they just basically stowed away the uh, uniforms that they used to wear. And in the 1980s, they uh, gave it to a local band, and they wore it as their marching band <laughs> outfit. Because so they probably look like marching band. They people. did look like a marching band. So mm-hmm. I wonder if our friend Joel may have inherited Secret Service bandwear. Maybe, maybe. Because we, you know, he was in the band. He was in the band. If he went to Meridian High School in Iowa, 
They're the ones that got it. Yes. How did they win the sweepstakes? I don't know how they won the sweepstakes. They they had a connection, I'm sure. Wow. Good for them. But yeah, just a story I never heard. Stumbled upon that the other day. (laughs) You know, you think of Buckingham Palace and their guards and, you know, the, the pomp and circumstance. Yeah, Nixon thinks we need that here in America. I'm going to have to Google that later and see what that looks like. So it's not surprising, though, that Snowball brought his news piece from fashion. You know what I mean? I mean, yes. he brought us from the Some fashion. Of us have, that's an area he apparently struggled he, in. Well, well, <laughs> so, well, but that's... Or it sold in. Yeah, there it is. either or. We yeah, have tomato, areas we're all experts in. Tomato, tomato. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You got gaps, I got gaps. We all got gaps. You know, we got gaps. We fill each other's gaps. That's that's So anyway, that's my story, so very good. Very I, I, I've that, never heard that. You know, we talk about things on this podcast and sometimes I will make the comment like there's no other podcast in America talking about mm. certain things. I will almost <clears throat> guarantee you Absolutely. Nobody, no podcast in the world is talking about those Secret Service band. Not, not today. No. Not, not today. Not today. Maybe 50 some years ago, but not today. Mm, not no one's today. talking about that. You know what would have been cool is if they had like a trumpet on one side and their firearm on the other side and they just pull up the trumpet and, just, uh, that would just, be kind of, and that, then shoot you. That'd be cool. <laughs> Did nice. they have sunglasses? No. Weird. Yeah, very weird. Weird. Yeah. Wow. That's kind of cool. So, Matt, you may have. The one story that may have been, I would say this was one of the biggest stories of the entire decade. Yeah, uh, this this piece of news is, uh, some of us are still dealing with it to this day. Okay, and, and let's be honest, some people are not believing this news story. They talk about fake news and whatnot. There's people that believe that this is fake news. Um, so let's go back to, to uh, Tuesday, August 16th, 1977. It was a hot day. It was, it a, was a hot day. I remember that. Uh, it was uh, high in the upper 80s, actually. Glad you ask. Uh, on that Wednesday, it did rain a lot, and that's because I was having crying. That was heaven crying. <laughs> because this, this day here, Tuesday, August 16th, 1977, that would be the day that Elvis Aaron Presley lost his battle's life. We, we lost the king. Uh, if you look at the, uh, the Memphis Press, the, the, the front page of the Memphis paper, which I'm sure we all have a copy. You got a copy? Right. It's about 400 bucks right now if you got a copy. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, the first words, the first words on, on the front page of the paper says, "The king is dead." Wow! So sad. <clears throat> Matt is still in mourning today. Oh, it's tough. It's tough. Elvis Presley, the jiggling, jabbling rock and roll king, lived just forty-two years, seven months, and eight days. Wow! I remember when that happened. I was at home. And I'm sitting down, we were watching something on TV, and they broke in the program, yep. so that it was in the afternoon, and I remember my mom cried. Yeah. Your mama cried? My mom cried. God bless Patty. She did. God bless her. And I remember just a few days later, 
Ronnie McDowell came out with a song, The King is Gone. The King is Gone. Ronnie McDowell? Ronnie, not Roddy. Okay, there we go. Ronnie McDowell. So here's a little piece of that for you. A simple man who took his faith alone While all the world proclaimed him king Now the king is gone And oh, what a reign And the crown on his head Will remain Oh, that's there just you beautiful. Go. That's just that beautiful. Sounds right just there. like him, doesn't that it? That is just beautiful. Yeah, that, yeah that, that is a sad thing right there on... Uh, that was Presley Boulevard right down there in Memphis. Uh, been there a couple times. Beautiful spot. They know you, though, don't they? Uh, I don't want to brag, but we're, we're, pretty, we're pretty close. <laughs> Got some good people down there. Uh, love my boys in Memphis. But yeah, it was a... Uh, is the bathroom open to the public? Not not upstairs. Downstairs, yes. It, it is Graceland is a beautiful place to see. But I mean, it is it's crazy. It got the, the velvet curtain between the upstairs and the downstairs. And you know, story goes that when he comes down, when he comes downstairs for whatever reason, he's the king. I mean, he's Elvis in all the persona of Elvis. But when he's upstairs, is like the only place where he's truly just you know, oh oh EP EP. So cool stuff, but yeah, he, um, you know, I, I, I like how they, they, they say he had a heart attack on the throne, right? Mm-hmm. Here we know the story. Died in his bathroom alone, and uh, pronounced dead at three thirty at three thirty in the afternoon. I like how they, they kind of push the heart attack angle, which is great. But uh, we all know he was that boy was pumped up with more, you know, prescription drugs and whatnot than uh, you watch. You watch some of those documentaries and. You know, we see it with, with Prince and Michael Jackson that, that there's they all had their doctors, right? They all had, they all had people with them who would, you know, give them stuff to get them up and then give them stuff to take them down. And that was just so. You know, what happened to Elvis it wasn't. I mean, it was, it was the same thing happened to those guys. I mean, they yeah. they literally literally had people who were trying to do their best to get the most out of this guy, whoever it might be. Mm-hmm. And and I don't think they were trying to kill anyone, but they were trying to make him awake and then make him rest, make him awake and make him rest. Well, here's the issue that I've always had is when Elvis passed away, you know, you'd see like his last year or two, he oh, was boy. bloated and just looked terrible. I, why wasn't there somebody around him that just stepped and said, dude, Here's your 1969 comeback special, or 68 comeback special right. with the leather jumpsuit and the whole mm-hmm. thing. This is you today. Right. This is only seven, eight years later. Yeah. Right. You're like, 42 years old. Yeah, you shouldn't together, look like this, man. Right. Let's take care of you. Like, somebody in Elvis's ear going, you know what? You're going to die. Right. I mean, maybe there was those people. Maybe, maybe there, there were was. people. I don't know. But I would, I would think... Like, and I always also wondered, too, like, what... Would he have done as a career had he stayed alive? Now I, I'm, I'm thinking like in the '80s, there probably wasn't much of a, there wouldn't have been much of a demand no. for Elvis. You know, just the whole sound. That whole, maybe some country albums, maybe uh, '90s. But as we get into the 2000s, so if he died in '77 at 1942. 
1997, he would have been 62. Mm-hmm. So had he taken any kind of care of himself, he would have probably had a good productive life to that sure. point. And just think of all the, you know, like now, like all the artists that would have loved to have done some collaborations oh, with Oh, for Elvis. sure. Oh, you look like the, the Willie Nelsons and, you know, the Kenny Rogers, dudes that did well in their later years. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah, he could have had a nice resurgence, I'm oh, sure. Yeah. It would have been great. It would have been fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah, long live the king. Sad day. Very sad, sad day. day. Do you have a favorite song? Man, I, no, I, I love, I mean, I was Jailhouse Rock, Suspicious Minds. Um, I, 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 there's there's not many I don't love. I mean, I just, I love them. Let's play House, first one, I like that one. I like all of them. All Kentucky Rain's my Kentucky favorite. Kentucky Rain. Oh, Kentucky a Rain's song, a great man. song. That's a good song. Not you, Snowball. Your favorite Elvis tune? I really don't. <laughs> I don't. I, don't <laughs> I was just curious if Matt did. I know he's a huge fan. So. Yes. I, I I just I, I like I like all the stuff. All right. We're caught in a trap. Can't walk out. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> what was totally your new story? My, I'm staying with the music theme there. Shocking. So, yeah, I know. Shock surprise. So, April 10th, 1970. Okay, early. So, Paul McCartney issued a press release that said he was no longer working with the Beatles. What? That's was what it a text or... Was that- <laughs> I, mean, I think it was a text. It was a Snapchat. Text. It was on his Twitter account. <laughs> he tweeted it out. So Snap story. So looking back at like the demise of the Beatles to this point, like there was it, what Elvis was to the fifties, the Beatles were to the sixties. There's no debate, no nothing to argue right. either of those points. So in the sixties, nobody bigger. Uh, in and and we we saw just a quick evolution, like from the "She Loves You" up until like "Strawberry Fields," like they would get all psychedelic. And it's only a matter of seven or eight year period mm-hmm. there that that sure. happened, and the demise of the Beatles, um, just kind of. I, I'm a Beatles fan, not the biggest. I'm not like mad as with Elvis, but I, I am a fan of the Beatles. Just kind of reading about them and kind of you know studying up on them a little bit. It's, it's popular belief that when Brian Epstein, their manager, died in 1967, that kind of um, was the beginning of the end for them. So what they were at that point continuing to grow. Even when they when they broke up, they were still on the way up. Like there was there was none bigger. So when he passed away, it kind of left a uh, a lack of leadership within the band. And uh, Paul McCartney had kind of taken on more of the the role of the more taking on like bigger parts of the songwriting like the Beatles were Lennon and McCartney writing the songs and the music that's just the way they always were and it remained that way they still both took credit for every song whether one had the majority writership or the other one that's that's how they always did it so Paul McCartney kind of took out to a more of a leadership role which kind of led to a little bit resentment in the band and then John Lennon marries Yoko Ono. Now, people say, Yoko Ono broke up the Beatles. She might have a lot to do with it because I don't think any of them liked her. <laughs> right. And, um, and John Lennon was uh, experimenting with heroin and just the drug use the and fighting, the lack of true leadership. 
and that is when the Beatles broke up. Now, due to legal reasons, it took a couple years to dissolve the Beatles Corporation. So 1974, they were legally broke up, but they hadn't done anything in that time recording. Mm-hmm. They, they were broke up. They were done. Paul McCartney was doing his... He was the most successful Beatles solo, but all three of the other ones, Ringo Starr, George Harrison, John Lennon, all had very successful solo careers. But uh, all four are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a band and each individual. So that's that's unprecedented. Unprecedented. So yes. the saddest thing is just they never got back together. They never performed again. Oh, I know. I know. Yep. They did the thing in, the, I think it was the late 90s, where they released a box set. So George Harrison, Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr were the last three surviving members. They had taken a cassette of a demo that John Lennon had done, and they built a song around it. Oh, Two wow. songs, actually. And they, they were pretty good. You know, it's you know not what a... Not the Beatles that we remember, but it was it was good to hear them. But yeah, I always I had always even after John Lennon had died, I remember like 1984, Julian Lennon, John's son, right. came out with his yeah. solo album. He sounds just like his dad. Why don't they have Julian Lennon take his dad's spot, do an album and a tour? That would have been great. So, like Elvis, I wonder what would have happened had the Beatles stayed together. Like, would they have gone the route of the Rolling Stones? Would they continue to make good albums, continue to tour, continue to, to just build on their legend? Or would they become more like Stevie Wonder who into the 80s 90s the music was bad it wasn't it wasn't good anymore or elton john you know he peaked here and went down so we don't know what the beatles would have been i'd like to think they would have kept making music we'd like to think so we'd like to think so so. if there's one band that you've never seen live would the beatles be your one Mm -mm. no the police okay oh you've never seen them i've never seen them i would love to see them i would have loved to have seen the cars so you're saying you wouldn't care, you didn't want to see the Beatles. I, that's what I get. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't want to see the Fair Beatles. So. Yeah. yeah. Police are number one, the cars, and then, well, I would, I, okay, I guess if there are tickets on the table, I, I, may, I may have to say the Beatles. Just because it's like such an iconic there it is. thing. Mm-hmm. There it but is. But as far as preference, I would take the police, the cars, and the Beatles. So. And is Elvis yours? Absolutely. I assume. Yeah, but. I mean, that would be fan-freaking-tastic, yeah. So, Snowball, if you, there was one band that you haven't seen you'd like to get the chance to see. Who would it be? Meatloaf. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> I love to watch Meatloaf uh, videos. I love to eat Meatloaf. Uh, I've just learned to like it, by the way. Really? I don't, yeah, in the last couple of years. Mom, <laughs> give me some meatloaf. <laughs> what does she do? No, I so, so why meatloaf? I think he's I, great. We are in the 70s here. He was. He his, is in the 70s. Prime, at least I stayed in the decade. Yeah. Um, great entertainer. I, you know, it was. It's almost like watching a Broadway show. I mean, I don't know. I. I'm not the music guy you are, but he's one that I would have found very entertaining. I assume he would be very entertaining. 
I kind of think he might be, but I don't want to see a Broadway show either. No. Put it out there. Okay. Not a fan? No. Not a fan? Not a fan. I guess it depends on the show. I would have loved to have seen Jersey Boys. The yeah, Frankie I would have enjoyed that Four myself. Seasons thing. That, mm-hmm. that would have been good. I guess there's some I would like to see. Well, that's it's my a pretty short list. All right. it's, it's hey, you choice. know what? It's your choice. We, we can't make fun of you. No. Yes, we, we can, what but do, we're not. What do we think Kevin would want to see? I think Kevin would probably say the police. You think the police? Yeah. Okay. Or Sonny and Cher. There. <laughs> one or the other. I was thinking Captain and Sunil. Well, oh, I think he would ooh. probably Because well, really... he had that hat. Because he had the hat, right? Yeah. 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 There you so go. He's Captain and Sunil. Yeah. He would, you oh, so it. Kevin's yeah. answer is Captain Tennille because he can't defend himself. Exactly. Maybe next week he can. He, he can have a rebuttal, but I doubt it. I'm pretty sure it's Captain Tennille. He's at home listening to a little muskrat love right oh, now. He is. Oh, good song. He's got his little squeaky toy making that little muskrat sound. <laughs> making little little muskrats kiss. It, it's crazy, but I remember specific, you know you just have certain memories and just specific moments. And I I remember in the front room my brother playing that on on you know the, on the eight on the vinyl right? oh, okay. it was on the vinyl and I just remember I remember sitting in the front room we had this like it was a round kind of a hanging chair and I and I remember muskrat and I'm thinking muskrats and I just remember <laughs> I remember I'm getting the LP and like literally reading on the back and make sure I was reading and mm-hmm. the words right they really saying muskrat muskrat I don't get it why they're singing about muskrats I could never understand why and it was a huge hit actually went to number two Number two. Number two. So, So Kevin, here's a little muskrat love just for you, buddy. Any whirl, any twirl, any tangle. Singing and jingin' a jangle. Floating like the heavens above. Looks like muskrat Sure. Hey, that's beautiful. That's, is it, that's is it the worst song of the 70s? No. No. no Everybody no. celebrates Muskrat Love. No. 1976. And, but that's an animal. That was a number two hit. But see, that's an animal that doesn't get a lot of love. I'm glad it's got Except a song. Except with other muskrats. Right? You know what I'm saying? Yes. I mean, there's you know the dogs and... Uh, Dog and butterfly. Everybody, and, all these you know, animals get all kinds about of... about cats. People don't talk about muskrats anymore. They don't. We stop... Probably because of the song. That song was so huge, like, we can't top that. We, we've OD'd on muskrats. Yeah. I think we, we've, we've overdosed the culture. <laughs> we have. And I think we've milked this subject, too. Let's move on. As a little little baby muskrat might... You know, milk a little... little, little, yep. little mus- mommy's little muskrat. He's trying to milk a muskrat if you can't yeah. see I that from the pipe Can you milk me? <laughs> okay, let's... Uh... This is not really happening. All right. So thank you for the ending news segment this week. Uh, we are going to take a break. And then we'll be right back sharing with you, our audience, some of our favorite movies from the 70s. Stay tuned. From San Francisco comes... Rice Aroni, the San Francisco treat. Rice Aroni, the flavor can't be beat. One pan, no boiling, cooking ease. A flavor that is sure to please. Rice 
Pepperoni The San Francisco treat Welcome back to Living in the 70s <laughs> uh, You know what? I was born to be a DJ in the 70s I'm, Absolutely. I'm pretty sure Absolutely. I may not sound like it But in my heart I sound just like those really cool guys back then yeah. Next week I want the Wolfman The Wolfman Jack yeah, All right. Can you do the Wolfman? I wish I could okay. I, I don't think I could You can do the Wolfman? Let's hear a little Wolfman Hey guys, this Wolfman Jack here Talking about Captain and Daniil <laughs> 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 oh, that's so good. Oh, that's so good. Oh, that's yeah. so good. There you go. That's good. Yeah. I like that. You've been you've been holding that in your back pocket for a while. Hmm. Well, I I get asked to do my Ted Knight the most. Yeah, Ted's good. I will do Ted Knight next week. Absolutely, because yeah. we're going to be talking about cartoons of the seventies. Oh, oh, Ted Knight. Yeah, very for good. Sure. Ted Knight was very prominent. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Snowball, start us off. We're talking about movies of the seventies. Movies of we the seventies. Bring it. Okay. Well, um, I grew up a, a kid of a divorced parents, so one of the advantages of uh, your parents being divorced, you got to go to a lot of movies. There it is. Um, so my movie is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. So you are, are you saying that you saw that in a theater? I would say I probably did not, because it came out in 1971. So You were two. <laughs> no. I would not be surprised if my dad took me. If they were divorced at that point. All right. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. Your dad wanted that psychedelic chocolate experience. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, love the movie. Great kids movie. Great adult movie, in my opinion, too. Absolutely. Now, I'm not a music. Gene Wilder is awesome. He's fantastic. I, I love this movie. I yep. do love this movie. So, I'm not a musical guy, but I love this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it was from 1971. Uh, it was directed by Mel Stewart, and as Rob said, it starred Gene Wilder as the candy maker Willy Wonka. It was actually based on a uh, book from 1964, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. The film basically tells the story of a poor kid named Charlie um, who finds a golden ticket. So now we back up. You have the, the Wonka Chocolate Company. Wonka Candy Company. Well, I'm not sure their exact name, but they're holding a contest where they've put five golden tickets inside of their candy. And the first four tickets are found, and they're all found by these, you know, rich kids where their dads bought them cases and cases of candy. And they hired people to open the candy just to find the ticket. And they get down to the fifth ticket, and they discover the person who found the fifth ticket actually had a counterfeit ticket what yes so you got little poor charlie he finds some money on the street was it like an egyptian kid or something i don't remember who was the counterfeit so i don't want to stereotype somebody i don't either but in my mind it says this little kid from egypt was the one that did it Mm -hmm. so charlie goes and he buys his candy bar and he gets the fifth ticket okay so um you got to take somebody with you so he Decides to take his grandpa, Joe. Um, if you remember the movie, he had uh, both of his grandparents living in their house. All four of them slept in the same bed together. That's, that's yeah, which is really story. weird. Yeah, very weird. <laughs> very strange. And they claim he hasn't been out of bed in years, so I'm not really sure how the... But it didn't seem abnormal for the 70s. You no. know, if we're, so we're keeping it by the decade, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, the movie was filmed in Munich, Germany. Um, it, it was just a fun story. 
and it was kind of a scary story too. I mean, you, mm. you know, it, when Augustus gets sucked up in that chocolate tube. Oh, that was awesome! Oh man, that was a good one. The one kid turns into a giant purple. Yeah, the blueberry. The blueberry. Yeah. Violet. Was violet. Yeah, violet. Yeah, yeah. Per- so perfect. The violet would turn. Yes, purple. So did somebody shrink? Yeah, somebody shrink. Yeah, like TV. Yeah, yeah. The, the oh, little kid right. with the cowboy hat. Yep, yep. That's right. Yes, he did. Um, and so there's this guy named Slugworth who was supposed to be the owner of another competitor, another candy company, who was making offers to all the children that if they could give him, give him the everlasting gobstopper, yeah, you know that you know he would give them lots of money, I believe. Um, so basically, the story goes on. They take this tour, and as Rob and Matt were saying, you know, kind of all the kids fall by the wayside. At the very end, it's just Charlie's the only one left. And at, at the end, um, Gene Wilder, or I should say Willy Wonka, is just basically dressing down Charlie's grandpa and Charlie for breaking all the rules as they were taking the tour. But it was all just a test. Yes. You see, Willy Wonka, although the fact he didn't look that old, was looking to you know, find a replacement. To groom his successor. Yes, he was. Yes. So Charlie... Being the honest kid he was, returned his everlasting gobstopper yes. to Willy Wonka, and thus basically will inherit Wonka candy. Yes, that's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful story. It is a beautiful story. I remember during the time when they first showed the everlasting gobstopper, all the kids just kind of look nervous and look at each other, like because Willy Wonka says this is our top secret invention. This is the one that's going to catapult us into the best or whatever and then these kids all steal these everlasting cop stoppers including Charlie and uh, yeah it was a very touching moment when he did because like he hugs him doesn't yes. he? Didn't Willy Wonka hug him? He does. Yeah. And he's like you did it you passed the test and you know yeah good, good yeah. stuff as a kid that would, it seemed like like that and Wizard of Oz would be on like once a year yeah. It was an event when they came on TV. It was, and that, that was a big difference growing up in the 70s versus today. You missed it. You didn't see it for a year. Yeah. yeah. Also introduced us to the Oompa Loompas. Oompa Loompa. Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. It goes like It goes like this. There you go. That's exactly what I said. It was close. That is very, very close. much what I... Yep. Okay, maybe. Oompa loompa. Doompa dee doom. I've got a perfect puzzle for you. We could do a recording of it. Just the three of us. No, let's just... Let's we'll just, wait for Kevin. Yeah, let's wait yes, for Kevin. We'll let's do it like a quartet, like yeah. a barbershop quartet. Like yeah. a bad barbershop quartet. Yeah. So, but this is one of the movies, though, when it is on now, if I'm clicking through, doo, 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 and I see this, I mean, I... I I, I'll, I'll sit and watch it for I mean, I just, I, I get caught up in it all the time. It's hard for me to just keep on clicking if I see it on. I, I like it. So, so, did you guys see the Johnny Depp, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? The like, Tim Burton's version? Yeah. Or yeah. yeah, I mean, and I, it wasn't terrible. It's okay. It, it's yeah. not the original. No, it's not the original. I, I prefer the original over this one. I mean, I, I'd watch this one, but I I prefer G. Mulder. Mm-hmm. He me just too. had a real neat... 
just a real neat uh, vibe. It seemed it. like he had a good rapport with the children. Yes, yeah. this the way that he kind of acted off of he their responses. And kind of crazy. Like a, like a car salesman almost. Yeah. Or a, or a vaudeville, town-to-town, like mm-hmm. a ringmaster sure. kind of thing. But at the same time, he's this genuine, cool, neat thing, story. But at the same time, it's like one. It's, it's, he's a hard dude to read. He's yeah. A, it was a hard dude to read. And so. a lot different from a lot of some of the other characters he played. Yeah. Uh, Blazing Saddles. Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein, yep. great movie. Um, <laughs> Getting to the eighties and he Richard Pryor, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> quite a leap so, yes. from the children's movies, but not not one of my favorites. Good stuff. Good movie. Good one. Good one. Matt, um, my first one is, is Superman, nineteen seventy eight. The, the the one with Christopher Reeves, the first one. Uh, I mean, it, it's. Um, it was uh, directed by Richard Donner. Um, it, it came out in December, and it was uh, what do you say? For, it cost like thirty million to make it, and it made or fifty million to make and three hundred million, which uh, I assume that's a lot of money back in the seventies. That's, that's that probably, sounds like a lot of money. That's a lot of money back in the seventies. But I mean, this is like one of the first. I, I guess the reason I, I picked this one is just because this is like one. You know, this is like the beginning of the superhero superhero movies i mean back then like right now we're raised in a marvel universe and we got our dc universe still got superman movies we got all kinds of marvel movies and it, i mean everything superhero all these different time continuums oh, and, and yeah there's so like many the DC universe there's like 13 different i don't know it's there's who there's, can keep up there's so much going on right now jason can keep up jason probably can yeah we should have yeah he probably could. He probably he probably could. Could. But I mean, and, and without being Jason-like, I mean, you just, <laughs> there, there's so much going on with all characters. And, and right now there's there's movies, then they have they have their own, you know, short series, and then they have episodes, and there's just so much with all these superheroes. But back then, it was just a movie, Superman. There's like mm-hmm. the beginning of everything. It's, At that point, I mean, my... Really, only knowledge of Superman was the 1950s television show. George right. Reeves was the, mm-hmm. the, the original. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, I, and I, yeah, I mean, and that was that was the classic too. You know, it's black and white, and he would jump on the mini tramp out the window. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And you could tell he he could come, and he would land and go yeah. off. It's like. Superman take off? Like, I would just always picture just flying up. He a little extra. I absolutely. Love, I mean, like like kids growing up now watch the superheroes, and it's great. And I I love people having superhero worlds and stuff. But back then, I mean, I mean, I grew up watching Super Friends, right? I mean, yeah. you know, the League Hall of Justice and right, right, Justice League. But then, Meanwhile, back in the Hall of Justice, that's you have to wait for next week to get oh, the rest. See, that that's was, all I gotta say. That was a nice tease right there. That's great. But, but, I mean, that's that's what we grew up on. And then to have a, an actual movie at the theaters with Superman. I mean, that's it, it was, like, unheard of, right? I mean, it was brand, it was brand new. They just It's just something that wasn't normal. And now it's beyond normal. Now it's just blah, blah, blah. It's yeah, just, every week it's there's everything. a new something. Yeah, out. there's a new hero, new everything. But back then, it was just... Superman, and that was and that was the cool. He didn't have a lot of competition. There wasn't a whole bunch of other people. You know, he wasn't fighting for you know royalties. So, I mean, it was Superman. That was it. Boom, bam, period. And so, uh, I mean, you know, this is the first story. You know, we get the 
his origin story, you know, the planet, and they send down a little baby, and he comes down and and, and uh, lands with the, the, the aunt, well, the mom and dad there. John and Martha Kent. John and Martha Kent, and does a little Smallville stuff, and, and when he punts that football, I mean, I, I like it. You start to see his superpowers coming out, which I thought was pretty cool. I, I, it's so funny. I, I've been, I watched little clips the, the other day. And it's like just seeing it. I, I remember when he punted that football. Going, mm-hmm. My goodness, he kicked it. And then he goes straight from there to you know running beside the train. But he and, had and, to hide it from everybody. But but he was yeah. waving at people on a train. Sure. A little kid was like, I mean, and the most funny is like the graphics. I mean, I think we've forgotten the graphics. But 1978, watching a guy outrun a train, kind of funny. Those legs are going really really fast. <laughs> It was. Uh, well, I remember the the one of the like the thing on the the advertising campaign around it was you will believe a man can, can fly. fly. Yeah. And I tell you what, seeing that in the movie theater, mm-hmm. it just felt really real to me. Like he's flying into outer space. He's you know flying around it, it Metropolis. Was... It's like holy cow. I, I mean, it's nineteen seventy eight to me. Like we had never seen effects to that level before, oh, so it just sure. felt very, very real. Oh to yeah, us. yeah. This it was. This was. This wasn't. You look at it now, and you're going, "Oh my, so campy." It's so campy, mm-hmm. but back then it's like it, it was cutting edge. It, it was, was just, it was crazy. And, and I, I, I like the whole the storyline with with him and Clark Kent, and mm-hmm. and and. You, just it's just a pair of glasses, right? But but they talked about how realistically though. Uh, his acting skills because it was he's viewed as two separate people. I mean, his whole personalities are different. The whole yeah. way he carries and dialogue, and everything. Nobody was catching on. That this and was and the same no guy. one recognized. No, nope. Lois does it for me. There it is. Off. Yeah. See it? Who is that guy? Who is wow. that guy? Mike just took his glasses off, and I got confused. I, I think it was Mark. I, I, it's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, and, and uh, so in Lex Luthor's that was the the villain. And Gene he, Hackman. Gene Hackman. Was, yes. Yeah. Then Martin Brando was in this thing. Yeah. Played uh, Jor-El, his father. That was his, mm-hmm. that was his pop-up. Ned Beatty was uh, Lex uh, Luthor's Otis. underling. Otis, Otis, Otis yes. the underling. His henchman. Uh, it was, and it was, a, it was a brilliant plan to, you know, uh, he bought up all this desert land that was worthless, and he's going to blow up San Andreas Fault, make California drop off, and now all of a sudden he's got all this money. Great plan. Great premise. And then when when the, you know the beauty of the movie is like is when you know you get this love story between uh, you know Clark and um, <coughs> Superman and Lois, and when she dies, right? She goes into the into the the fault and, and she just the, the dirt and boom, she dies and it just breaks his poor heart. He's, he knows he's not supposed to use his powers to affect or change the world like this, but daggone it, this is the first time we saw time travel. Yes, and he, he took, made the Earth rotate backwards. He ter- took off and started flying counterclockwise. If I'd only know it was that easy, yeah. and he just started flying counterclockwise, and time and and we saw it. The the Hoover Dam just went right back together. Boop. And I mean the, the vault. I mean everything just clear. It was amazing. It was amazing. And, and will, he figured that out right on the spot because he's Superman. Yes, and I will say this. So all of you people that say. 
oh, this Marvel hero or that, blah, blah, blah. None of them would be Superman in a fight. Nope. Not at all. None of them. Not Zero. even not even close. Nope. So all you comic book nerds out there, save it. Because you're... But what if I had kryptonite in my pocket? Oh, here we go. It's okay. <laughs> here we go. I'm like, just saying. Like, you need kryptonite? Bring it. Bring it. Because Batman will be there, take the kryptonite, and run away with it. Yep. And then you'll be back with Superman again. Deal with that. Kryptonite. Deal with that one. Deal yeah. with that one. I don't want to deal with that one. And and, yeah. and you know, say say what you want, but those who have been Superman over the years, and and I, but I'm, I, Christopher Reeve, man, just his look, man. He yeah. he looked amazing. Uh, he looked amazing. I I just thought he had to look. And and, and again, it, it it was cheesy if you could say that, but it was it was. Like in the perfect cartoony superhero way to me, it wasn't. Uh, I mean, it was still kind of had the feel of you're watching a comic book come to life, and at the same time, it's you're seeing this movie magic, right? You know, these yeah. are the beginning of blockbuster movies, and you mm-hmm. know, this is a new thing, and it was just, it was just. The, there, there was never a blockbuster su- superhero movie prior to this. Mm-hmm. Now, back in the '40s, they had the serials which were basically, these were movies they would show like on Saturday afternoons to mostly a kid audience, and they're about a half hour long. There weren't TV shows, so they'd be in the movie theaters and get to watch these serials like that. And we had that, had a lot of cartoons back then. I remember watching the Superman and Batman and Spider-Man cartoons Mm -hmm. as a kid, but never had there been like a major, legitimate motion picture. Now, in 1966, they had the Batman movie, which was theatrical, Mm -hmm. but it was really a vehicle to help the TV show, or vice versa. You know, it was was not this blockbuster film, and when that thing came out, man, that was amazing. Yep, Uh, this was the beginning. And, you know, there's no Marvel Universe, there's no Batman, Michael Keaton, none of that, if Superman had flopped. Come on, that's it. Good it's, stuff. Got all the movie Great theater. Great movie. Come all the from movie. the 70s, baby. Yeah. Great movie. I didn't get to enjoy it as much as you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, my stepfather was a comic book collector, so throughout the entire movie, he would tell us how it was incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, would you let us enjoy the movie? Oh, my goodness. Let's pretend that this is the real story and the comic books are fake. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that's great. Good one, Matt. Good stuff. Yeah. Mine, mine's kind of a two-parter because you can't have one without the other. I'm talking about The Godfather. Here we go. Godfather and Godfather Part 2. Godfather was made in 1972 based on the book The Godfather by Mario Puzo. Mm -hmm. And it was sold to Paramount Pictures for $80,000. Wow. Really? Before it was really popular, and they made the movie out of it, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Coppola, yeah. Ah, Nicholas Cage's uncle. There it is. And uh, listen to the star power of the first Godfather: Marlon Brando, mm-hmm. Al Pacino, James Caan, Robert Duvall, Diane Keaton. That's just part of the cast. Goodness gracious! I don't, mean, don't forget. Abe Vagoda. Yes. Abe Vagoda. He did not not mention Abe. Yes. He's everywhere in his 70s, baby. So this this story is the... It starts off in 1945, New York City, uh, by Vito Corleone, which we... The Don. 
Don Corleone and his life and his ascension up the ranks to be the biggest crime boss, mafia kingpin in New York City. And and his family, his children, grandchildren after him. And it's just so, it's a beautiful film, very well done. The first of the mafia type oh, movies. Yeah. There were several over the years. You know, like Goodfellas comes to mind is like the, the next one I could think of. But uh, this movie was outstanding. It did um, seven point, I'm sorry, it did, it had a budget of $7.2 million, and it did $291 million oh, at the wow. box office. Now, this is 1972. Wow. That's <laughs> so crazy. It's just, I mean, it, incredible, incredible. Um, the movie was... Let me get over to here. It won three Academy Awards, including Best Picture, uh, Best Actor with Marlon Brando, and Best Adapted Screenplay as well. Uh, I truly, truly enjoyed this. To this day, I could still watch this movie. Oh, for sure. It's just so, the acting, the story, the characters, just so well done. So in 1974... Uh, they did the sequel, The Godfather Part Two, and it focused more on the life of. Um, easy for me to say. Of Michael Corleone, which would have been his son, his son, and his his ascension. You know, he comes back home from college, takes over the family business, becomes family kind of a cutthroat. Yeah, so it's. Uh, Man, so again, so well done. This movie, a lot of people say this is probably the first case where the sequel was better than the original. Mm -hmm. Like this one, um, six Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Supporting Actor, Robert De Niro, uh, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Art Direction, Best Dramatic wow. Score. I mean... Amazing. Just amazing. Um, Say hello to my little friend. That would be Scarface. So Scarface? <laughs> <laughs> we, oh, that's we, yeah, yeah. It's close. We'll, we'll let oh, it that one the Godfather, we'll, that, we'll, that is Scarface. Yeah, yeah we'll let the it balcony. Shoo, coming down the side. Yeah. Okay. So, that that's my movie. Uh, absolutely love it. Still, Like I mentioned, still to this day, this movie has held up so well. And it's considered by many to be one of the, if not the greatest movie of all time. There, there was a lot of mafia movies made, and that, that that's probably obviously that was the first. You think? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. That, that focused on the mafia, not just had mafia characters. In it. Right. This focused on the organization, the family. Yeah. It, it was very educational for us. They taught us all the, you know, the whole, the whole, the whole lore of the drug cartel and the whole movement and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, as common folks, we don't know about all that kind of stuff. Well, Al Pacino comes by later, and, and he's in what movie? He's in a lot of movies. Son of a Woman? Scarface. Oh, no, oh I was you're setting, setting you up. I was setting, setting you up. Say hello. Okay, there's my line. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. We were like, son of a woman? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that is funny. Snowball, tell me you've seen The Godfather. 
No, he has not. You can call me Deb. Shut uh, up. You know what? That is more unforgivable than not seeing the outsiders. I have originally. never watched it. Oh. Are you for none of them? None of them. Oh. Are you kidding me for any? <laughs> no, I'm not kidding you. Oh, wow. Do you, do you still have like a Blu ray player? No. Oh. Wow. Wow. I was going just... to loan you my copy. I've got it digitally, I've got it on Blu ray. <laughs> I think I may still have the original DVD version. I'm not sure, but wow. yeah, I, I can see the disappointment across the table right wow, now. I, I just—it's just like one of those things that that you want everyone. Well, to I see. mean, there, there's X amount of movies you just assume everyone has seen. Yeah, I like—I guarantee make you feel good kind of movies. I guarantee but. you, you've seen a lot worse movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Wow. Right, so we're going to take a break right here. Well, I just can't wait to see what Deb comments. If she's going to come, when she hears this being said. Or what are the odds that, Deb's watch this? Good. Uh, I'm going to say nay. You, hold on. Hold she, on. Let's have, let, you don't think Deb has seen this? No. Let's give her a call. You want to call her real quick? Yeah. We'll see what okay, happens. Okay, we'll call her on, on, on the podcast. Let's just see give what her call. happens here. Just see if, let's see if she answers or in the, if she does. I. Did she watch it? Did she watch? It? I got, we got we got to make her yeah, make your call right now. Make your call. Yes or no? I, I think I, she has. I say she has. Yes, that she's definitely seen. No it. way. No, she has. Hello, Debbie. Hey, you got Matt and Snowball here. How are you doing? <laughs> Just need a couple seconds of your time. Have you got one minute? I have a minute. Yes. Okay. So we're sitting here talking about seventies movies. And the, one of the ones that I brought up was The Godfather. And Snowball has not seen it. And He's not seen any we, of The Godfather We determined series. that is a bigger crime than not seeing The Outsiders. So the question for you, have you seen The Godfather? I have not seen it from beginning to end. But wait, wait, I have seen bits and pieces because I remember a horse head and a bed, I think. Well, you see more with the snowball heads. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've seen, I, I walk in when my husband is watching it, so I'll see like bits and pieces where I walk into the room and sit down and watch a little bit, but I've not watched it from beginning to end. Oh, wow. But you have seen parts and pieces. Yes, I have seen parts and pieces. All Boom. right. She Perfect. wins. She wins. Okay. We, right. we were just checking. Your name came up, and 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 uh, Mike did not think you've seen it at all. Zero knew nothing about it. Me and Rob had faith in you. I I, I thought you had seen that one. So, yeah, I've seen parts of it. Okay, well, your homework now is to watch the Godfather. The Godfather. Yeah. Yes, so. I guess so. All right. Thanks for taking our call. You're welcome, guys. <laughs> Have a Bye. good night. Ladies and gentlemen, always amazing, Debbie Connor. Woohoo! But you, you, she did. She knew a reference. She references. Yeah. Did that mean anything? She pulled to you? a head out of a bed or something. Yeah. Horse head <laughs> out of a bed. Yeah, that was a that was a pretty big deal. That was a pretty, pretty yeah. big deal. Okay. Yeah. You know, one thing I did forget to mention: there was a third Godfather. Mm-hmm. Godfather Part Three, made in 1990, was not nearly as good as the first two. Wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. Not as good as the first two. It did help us tie all the characters together and give us a good you know closure on on the story but um yeah Very we don't good. talk much about it wow i disappoint you once in a while wow. it's rare well because it's very i mean rare. And, and again i saw godfather and i kind of kept rob in the 
the low-hanging fruit category, like, everybody's seen the Godfather. Who ain't seen the Godfather? Yeah. Snowball. Wow. Well, hopefully you've seen my next movie. Let's hope so. All right. We're going to take a break. We're going to come right back. We can do this one more time. One more. And hopefully we've all seen each other's movies. Let's hope so. So far I'm batting a thousand. I've seen all these movies. Okay. Imagine okay. Hang tight. We'll be right back. I drink Dr. Pepper and I'm proud. I used to be alone in a crowd. But now you look around these days. There seems to be a Dr. Pepper craze. I'm a pepper. He's a pepper. She's a pepper. We're a pepper. Wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? I'm a pepper, he's a pepper, she's a pepper. If you drink Dr. Pepper, you're a pepper too. Welcome back to Living in the 70s. <laughs> oh boy. That's good. So we are trying to gain our composure here and just still cannot get over the fact that Snowball has not seen The Godfather. We're reeling. We are reeling. We are reeling. He, there's a chance he might get a new name, a new name from this. We don't know what <laughs> yeah. it's going to be, but the man of 30 names might get 31 tonight. Yeah. I think it'll be dope. dope. You gotta be a dope person to watch The Godfather and be a guy. All right, so Snowball, let's hear about a movie you have watched. All right. Oh boy. It's not a bad one. Okay, all right. It's we, a good movie. I'm sure you've seen it. Okay, what do you got? We're gonna go with Halloween. Yes. Well, of course. There yes, you go. You now redeemed yourself kind Now you're cooking with some gas. Great movie. No budget, zero budget. Minimal budget. <laughs> they basically, I'm saying they had no money. It was an independent film, actually. Really? Uh-huh. It, uh huh. It it was uh, debuted in 1978. It was uh, directed by John Carpenter and starred a little unknown actress named Jamie Lee Curtis. Woo-hoo! Basically, the plot of the movie is on Halloween night in 1963 in the fictional town of Haddonfield, Illinois. A six-year-old Michael Myers stabs his teenage sister to death with a chef's knife. So not exactly starting off with a warm fuzzy on this movie. No, it's not. No. It's a downer. So for 15 years, Michael's incarcerated at Smith's Grove Sanatorium, during which time he never speaks a word. On October 30th, 1978, Michael's psychiatrist, Dr. Samuel Loomis, arrives at the sanatorium to escort Michael to his court hearing. So it's his court hearing. They're going to determine whether or not he's, you know, fit to go out into public or should he go to prison or does he stay in, in you know, another... A same asylum. A same asylum. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when they get there, they notice all of the residents are walking around. Of course, it's a stormy night. Of you know, course, it raining, is. thunder, lightning. This nurse is driving a station wagon, and uh, so they see all these people wandering around. So he tells the nurse to stay in the car as he, uh, you know, runs into the building to see what's going on. And of course, lo and behold, Michael Myers, you know, steals the car and drives off. Okay, so where's he gonna go? They think he's gonna go back home. Of course. And do some killing. Do, do some, some killing. Kill. So he goes back to his home in, what was it, Haddonf- Haddonfield, Illinois. So the house has been empty for 15 years. Nobody's bought it. I'm not nope. sure why. Not really sure why. Might be kind of a hard sell. Yeah. Could be a tough sell. But the next day on Halloween Day, they're going to have a showing where somebody's thinking about buying it. Shocker. Talk about a bargain. 
Yeah. Just think what you could get that house. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Flip it. Yep. So that's where Jamie Lee Curtis's character. Lori Strode stops at the house to drop the key off because apparently her father's a realtor. And little does she know, upstairs, looking out the window, is Michael Myers. Scary! So that's where their first connection is. There it is. Yeah. The movie proceeds on, you know, there's a lot of slashing. There's a lot of killing. There is. A lot of teenage sex. There was a lot of... Te- there was a lot of teenage sex. It was the sex. 70s. And the term's gratuitous, yeah. I believe. I think it Gr- is. Yeah, gratuitous sex. You know, when I talked about low budget, Jamie Lee Curtis made $8,000 for it. For the entire movie? That's what she got paid? $8,000? She got paid $8,000. Dan Pleasance, who played Dr. Sam Looming. Donald Pleasance. Yes, Donald. Donald Pleasance, yes. Received $20,000. The guy who played Michael Myers, $20 a day. No, (laughs) that's not, no. Are you serious? Yeah. He got 20 bucks a day to be an iconic slasher. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> great gig. That is a great fact yeah. right there. It's a great movie. Like I said, it was low budget, but like some like some other low budget movies, they had to get creative with the way they filmed it. So you did a lot of those camera shots through the eyes of Michael Myers. Yeah, which is really nice. cool. Yeah. yeah. So the mask itself, do you know where the mask came from, Matt? Uh, tell me, no. I do. It's a William Shatner mask. Oh, I do remember that. Yes. Yes. They purchased it for $1.98 and spray painted it like a bluish, whitish color to kind of give it that look. I did hear that. Yeah, so they spent a whole $1.98 on costume. Wow. (laughs) What what year was this? 1978. 78, and he's making $20 a day. Yeah, that's pretty good. Seems like he could have got 30 or 40. Because the movie was so successful, did they like get portions of the film Royal profitability or it's like here's your paycheck you're done um since it was an independent movie i think the expectations were low so it probably wasn't in their contract so mm-hmm. i'm gonna guess they did not but as we all know There's this 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 movie never ends no <laughs> i mean it is truly the never-ending movie i mean basically they say it ends but it doesn't yeah. end so we go through all this killing <laughs> in the in the very end of the movie you know, you got Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, basically trapped in a house with Michael Myers, you know, and she thinks she's killed him, and she, and then he does The Undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> where he's laying flat the on the ground. Undertaker does a Mike Myers. Yes, Mike that, Myers. Is, that is true. Where he just sits up, and he's back to life. <laughs> Turns his head. Yeah. And lo and behold, um, Dr. Looming comes in and puts six bullets in the man's chest. He falls off a second floor balcony, hits the ground. And as the doctor walks over to the window, actually before he does, she's like, was that the boogeyman? <laughs> He's like, yes, it was. Wow. So he goes over and he looks out and the piano starts playing, Rob. And he looks out. There's nobody there. That going it. That going it, Michael Myers. Here we are, 13 sequels later. I haven't watched the most <laughs> recent ones, but great series to this day. Even as an adult, if you got me sitting alone on a dark Saturday night and the storm's going, I'm not watching this movie. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> not well, happening. I bet Jamie Lee gets more than eight grand to make this on that sequel and yeah. all the other ones yeah. after it. Yeah, I would. I bet you're right. I remember. This and then Halloween 2, mm-hmm. which I'm sure they all got serious bank on oh, that Oh, for one. sure. 
And then Halloween 3 came along, which had nothing to do with 1 and 2, and they went back to 4 and 5 and so forth. I remember Halloween 2 at the end, he's inside a hospital, and it, like, it explodes, it blows up. Okay. So he comes back. Mm-hmm. There's never been a prequel. Oh, Him here as we a little go. boy. Here we go. So... Maybe, maybe his evil spirit transfers into another person, <gasps> which kind of happens in this last one. Okay. So <coughs> that dude gets killed too. So who knows? Great maybe he stuff. didn't really die. Hard to tell. That was a good one. But yeah, great movie filmed in twenty days. Wow. They filmed that in twenty days. Twenty days. Oh, crazy pants. Oh, mm. he's gone. Matthew, you got another big blockbuster. I, I, you know, it's it's funny you say it because. Uh, my, my last movie is, is Jaws. 1975 came out in the summertime. And, and this was, and, and by all accounts, they're saying like the beginning of the Hollywood summer blockbuster movie stuff. I mean, like this was, this was it. This was, you know, like the beginning of the big movies. Right now, we always see this big push in, you know, May or June. You got those ones that come out for the summertime. Oh, yeah. But but it that that phrase you know blockbuster movie it started about this time uh, with this with this movie it was at the time it was the highest grossing movie for two years until Star Wars came out but I mean this was a biggie directed by our, our very own my boy Steven Spielberg Steven Spielberg yeah he, he was uh, he, he was actually you know he was actually supposed to direct Superman by the way was he but didn't didn't get the nod he was supposed to but he didn't. Uh, but Spielberg directed this film, and, and again, he, he he was concerned about how it was going to go <clears throat> because he was supposed to do it in 55 days, and it took uh, 159 days to make. Um, so he was like over budget, over everything, and uh, they said it was the first movie that was actually shot on the ocean. Uh, it was filmed up in, in Martha's Vineyard, and they, they did all, it's, it's supposed to be in the, the little... The little sea town of Amity Island. Um, Anything with Amity just bad things happen. Bad, bad things, yeah. Yeah. It's just not a good name for it. If you're going to move to a town and there's an Amity in there anywhere, no. no. There's an Amity, Ohio. I'm never going to live there. I ain't going there. Who's going there? I ain't going there. People with a death wish. Dumb go there. Uh, But so so this movie, though, uh, like you mentioned, had some budget issues. Like... uh, they only had like three mechanical sharks that they were using. They traced some live footage of, of some sharks, but the reason you know the things that makes Jaws Jaws is like the ominous, right? The the things that they they just show you things that make you think things. You know the just in the 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 sound the you know, suspense the suspense the, the clip there it is. Yep. I mean that that's it that's Jaws right so little, and that's it and and it's they, they started doing that because um, they couldn't get the scenes with their three sharks that they had so they just showed scenes like that and they would show silhouettes and they would show the open waters and it's a tiny little and just not because they, they were wanting to create that, they just didn't have the money to do a lot of other things. Yeah, the, the salt water was having an effect on the mechanical sharks that they didn't anticipate, so right. he had to get creative. And, and, and they used suspense like that. It, it, and, I, and I never thought of it as like this 
a horror movie, a scary movie, but it, it ranks like 56 in you know uh, all-time scary movies. I mean, wow. it is. It's scary, right? It, yeah. it changed the way we think about water, 100. Uh, percent But it's it was I, I never I never thought it was like like a horror movie, a scary movie. But I, I'm looking back at it, I'm going. I guess it kind of was. You ever watch it when you're at the beach? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you don't. But I mean, it, it's funny. I, I chose this because of my, you know, like, you know, my my love for Sharknado and all things mm-hmm. Sharknado. Right? Oh yeah. And, and so, I mean, but it goes back to, and and, and honestly, I, I've always had that fear. You know, we're, we go to the ocean just about every year, and God forbid that we walk out far enough that we actually tread. In the ocean, or if you go out snorkeling and you find yourself treading, if if this movie don't come to my mind at least five or ten times, I mean, it, it, did you get this anything that bumps you underwater? It's just, and I, I think it all it, it can be traced back to this daggone movie. Uh, it starts out with uh, uh, little uh, Chrissy Watkins. You know, as the movie starts out with her stripping down buck naked, doing a little skinny dipping in the water, and in the sunset. And, and that's the beginning of the end. I mean, which Jaws has got to love because there's like no clothes they have to pick out of his teeth. Oh, if yeah. you're a shark, How you're convenient. gonna. Yeah. yeah, it's like oh, gosh. it's like a hey, look, it's an unwrapped candy bar. <laughs> there you go. It's like a, a Starburst without the wrapper. There I mean, you go. It's like you don't have to mess with all that wrapper. No, no. yeah, it's just, there it is. And, or those and, little dots that you need to scrape off the, the paper since we're talking about the '70s. Right? Yes, that's things. what it is. Yeah. And, and so, so that was uh, you know. He, we find her body the next morning, and that the beginning of the end. You know, you've got uh, <clears throat> you got the the, the sheriff that, that wants to shut down the beaches, and you got the mayor that doesn't want to scare the people away for the summer, who keeps them open all the time. And, um, and then, uh, and then when the boy gets killed the next day, I mean, it's just it's just a beautiful uh, it's just a beautiful story story of a shark wanting to eat people. And, and, and the shark that wants to like stop, and the sheriff that wants to stop him. It's a beautiful yeah. love story. Yeah, the sheriff's the bad guy here. I yeah. Think. Now there was three three movies afterwards, you know. Um, but, Just three. Well, I mean, there's Charles. <laughs> yeah, it feels like it was like Charles thirty six, Charles thirty seven. Uh, but but it was uh, the the original. I, I mean, like we talk about, the prequels are always a little bit better. The, this to me, the original was the best oh, yeah. one. I mean, it's kind of where uh, I, I think it we found its home. Like, um, Richard Dreyfuss was in this one. Who else was in this one? Uh, Robert Shaw. Roy Schneider was Martin, Police Chief Martin Brody. Um, Those are the three I remember. Yeah, Dreyfuss and Robert Shaw. It was Quint. (laughs) Seeing them like um, on the boat out there, you know, swapping stories about scars and all mm-hmm. those sharp bites and all that kind of stuff. It's good. Stuff. And, 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 the, and the way that, that uh, the sheriff killed him at the end, you, did you, hold on, hold on. Did the answer you, is yes, many times. Okay, you have seen Jaws, thank you. Yes, do you want to tell you how they killed him driving to prove it to you? How did they kill Jaws? Okay, so you have the fisherman. He had been eaten by the... Shark, which was oh, Jaws. Let, let's just appreciate the beauty of that scene because that is one of the most memorable death scenes of all. When he's yes, when 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 his shark comes in, takes that boat down, it slants down. He slides into his mouth, and he just chomps half his body. And you see that buck, that blood just gurgle, yeah. shoots out yep. of his mouth. And then the next thing you know, he's just shoo, shoo. Yep. Oh, took man. him down. That was a yep. gory, 
gory death yeah. scene. So the fisherman had just been eaten by the shark. Mm-hmm. You've got the sheriff who's on the boat that's sinking. Yes. He literally is hovering inches above mm-hmm. the water. And he's thinking got, he's going to get it. Death is yeah, imminent. It is imminent. He's it got, is. I think, one bullet left in the gun. Yes. And here comes the shark at him. He's like, come on. Come on. And when he op- the shark comes up, up from underneath the water, he opens his mouth, and there's a diving tank. Yes! With the fisherman inside the mouth. He shoots the tank. It explodes. And we've got the chum shark all up. over the ocean. Shark it was ocean. everywhere. It was everywhere. It was raining shark. Yeah. Beautiful stuff. Good yeah. stuff. And Richard Dreyfus, who had been stuck underneath the water in a cage, mm-hmm. then comes up and scares the man to death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they got to swim As home. Richard Dreyfus is yeah. what to do. Yeah. Yes. And then they had to swim home. See, I've seen it. Okay. Wow. Very, good. Very good. I'm glad. So glad you know what I always enjoyed? What's that? Remember the song Mr. Jaws? By no, Dick, by Dickie Goodman. No, no way. You, I don't. Let's hear a little bit of this. We are here on the beach where a giant shark has just eaten a girl swimmer. Well, Mr. Jaws, how was it? Ah, oh my! And what did she say when you grabbed her? Please, Mr. Please. I know sharks are stupid, but what did you think when you took that first bite? How sweet. Was it actually from the 70s? It was, 1975. No kidding. <laughs> came out the, like years Everybody years. was capitalizing on that. That's great. Yeah. I remember that. So that song actually went to number four on the Billboard charts, and on the Cashbox chart, which is Jukebox Play, it was number one. Shut no up. Wow. So people couldn't get enough Oh, dude, Dickie that's Goodman great. and Mr. Jaws. Oh, that's good. Who's Dickie that? Goodman? He's the guy that did that song. <laughs> and he did several songs similar to that. It's like the, the Weird Al of the mid-70s or kinda, something. Kind of. <laughs> he tapped into an audience and Manny made some money. <clears throat> oh, that's great. I, I do remember that song. Now that, we, that was that's good. But everybody was all about the sharks. Oh, man. Like, shark everything. Well, and, and the, that was one of the first moves where he did such a huge campaign merchandise for it. I mean, everybody had that I think t-shirt. I had a Jaws t-shirt. I had a Jaws t-shirt. I, I remember specifically just a big shark. I mean, I remember. Shark coming up out of the water. Yeah, the shark coming out of the water. water. That's yeah. it. I think, I think we all had that shirt at yeah. some point in time. So, good stuff. Great good stuff. movie. Awesome. The final movie we'll talk about here came from 1977. Okay. At the height of the disco era. Yes. I'm talking about Saturday Night Fever. Oh, uh, I know you see now. Oh, one. yeah. Okay. <laughs> hitting my hair. All right. All right. Take a long time on my head. Don't be hitting my hair. Don't be hitting my hair. So John Travolta plays Tony Monero. The whole movie it is based upon an article that was written in 1976 called Tribal Rights of the New Saturday Night by Nick Kahn. They decided to make a movie about this, you know, this whole disco movement because disco is becoming very popular mm-hmm. at this time. Sure. You couldn't get away from it. The style, you know, the music, going to the disco techs, disco dancing lessons, the whole thing. So the movie really is about Tony Monero, who's a teenager. He's 19 years old. He works, looks like he's 27. He works at the local <laughs> hardware store. He, yeah, works at the local hardware store. He delivers and mixes paint. paint. And uh, he can't, he works all week long. 
for Saturday night. Saturday night. So he is a local celebrity because of his awesome dancing abilities and his keen sense of fashion. Mm -hmm. And it's about him and his buddies. They're hanging out all the time. It takes place in Brooklyn. It shows them getting into fights, hanging out with each other, uh, the women they're with. Um, If you are a woman and you're watching this movie... You're going to be very upset it's about how horrible. degrading <laughs> that they talk to and about the women. And Puerto Ricans. And Puerto Ricans <laughs> and Mexicans. I think, I think they make fun of the Asians. I think it's, it's pretty bad. But it, it's a drama. It's a very good movie, I think. I, I watch this thing about once a year, I, I believe. Like, I get that time. It's like, you know what? I'm going to get a pizza. And I'm going to watch Saturday Night Fever. Come on. I do it. I do it. So the movie was done on a budget of $3.5 million, which is pretty low back then. And it made $237 million. So it was definitely a hit. I got to see it for the very first time, uh, probably 1978. They released a PG version of it. They cleaned it up, took away some of the sex scenes and the language, and is about 10 minutes long. <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah. they had that version so kids could see it because yeah. you know it's disco these kids like disco right. and they wanted to see this movie but there's no way any any self-respecting parent would let their child go to see this movie Right. so it, when you watch it it's very dated mm-hmm. but it's still fun <laughs> it's a fun watch it won five Grammy Awards including Album of the Year for the whole soundtrack, I remember seeing a clip of them getting the award, and the stage was full of people because you've got Casey and the Sunshine Band, you've got mm-hmm. the Bee Gees, you've got Yvonne Elliman, Cool and the Gang, Tavares, the Tramps, Walter Murphy. Like all of these people are on the stage accepting this award, so that was kind of cool. Uh, it won Best Pop Vocal Performance by a Duo or Group. That was the Bee Gees. Best Arrangement. BG's one for Stan Alive. Producer of the Year was Barry Gibb, Morris Gibb, Robin Gibb, this other guy, and Carl Richardson. I'll be Gullotin. Kulutin was his name. Okay. We'll go with that. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Uh, it was also nominated for Record of the Year for Stan Alive and Song of the Year for Stan Alive. It didn't win those, but my goodness, this song was a cultural touchstone in the late 70s. Like, this is. Disco was really taken off when this movie came up, came out. It catapulted like disco was everywhere. Now disco was a very short window, just a couple years. Uh, well, like seventy six to probably nineteen eighty was like the disco era. From seventy eight to seventy nine was the peak. Mm-hmm. So it was. It was capitalized. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Still watch the movie today. Like I said, it's one of those ones that, uh, you know. Always enjoy. I like you grew up on the PG version, and when I eventually saw the actual unedited version, like, what the crap? Like, <laughs> that's not that good of a story. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> uh, so you know, I when I first saw it, you know, like you, I thought that was fantastic. You know, I, I dug this guy. You know, I thought I had the moves. You know, I used to go clubbing. Oh. You know, back in the day. You know, oh, a few just, years. Let's talk more about that. Let's talk more so about you that. clubbing. That's what I want to talk about. Let's yeah, talk yeah, about that's that. what they, everyone's here about. Me clubbing. Yeah. 
But no, I loved his moves. You know, he just commanded the dance floor. Great soundtrack. A little yeah. disco inferno. Burn, baby, burn. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Burn that mother down. <laughs> what I what I thought was funny to me in the movie is how seriously he took this da- dance contest. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And spoiler alert. It's the World Series. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They win. Him yeah. and his partner win the dance contest. But he thought the Puerto Ricans were better. Yes. So he came and gave them the prize money and the trophy and walked away. Yeah. It's like, I can have the trophy. I'm keeping the money. Keep like, the money. Here's right. a trophy. And then he goes and tries to force himself on his uh, dance partner. Yeah. <laughs> and she beats him up. <laughs> Didn't remember that in the original version. Yeah. I don't know. Remember, I would be curious to go back and watch the version we watched to see what was cut how out. How they pulled the story together without all of the other parts. That was like a five-minute scene that was they could not shoot any of that. You're dumb. So crazy. But it, it really John Travolta went from sweat hog to icon during oh, that yeah. time. So it was pretty big deal. So we've talked about some of our favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't even scratch the surface of some of the movies back then. Um, let's talk about a few of them. We didn't mention Star Wars. Yep. No, we did that not. That was the biggest box office grossing movie of the seventies and today still holds up. I mean, there's thousands of podcasts that talk about star Wars. You don't need to hear us talk about it going, Oh, we're at time when R2D2 came around that corner and sound like he was cussing, (laughs) (laughs) you know? So, (laughs) so I'm sure we all saw star Wars. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, wait wait a minute. No, No, wait a minute. No, no, I've seen it, but I have yet, to start it and finish it in one full okay. setting. My oldest son, Mick, it's his favorite movie of all time. And I have tried to sit with him and I'll doze off. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm you a horrible really father. I guess. I'm a horrible father. He can tell you every detail about the whole... A lot of people can. Yeah. Now, when I was... I was tw- 11 when this movie came out, so... You know, I'm at the peak audience because they're putting the toys out. Oh, yeah. putting, you know, I had sheets and bedspread and curtains of Star Wars. I had at least one Star Wars shirt that I probably wore about every day. So I was very into Star Wars. As time has gone on, I, I still like it and appreciate it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, some people are extremely fanatical, I'm told. Yes, they are. Some told. Jason. Jason. <laughs> Yes. Uh, let's see. So as I had stated okay. earlier, you know, being the child of a divorced parents, I went to the movies a lot. My dad loved Tim Conway and Don Knotts. Mm. Love. What's there not to love? I the love the I love the Apple Dumpling Gang yeah. rides again. Absolutely. Yep. yep. Rides again also. The movie The Prize Fighter. Ever seen that one? Oh, yes. Oh, Tim Conway's a boxer. Oh, that's great. <laughs> no, I've not seen Fantastic. That. I can't so find good. it anywhere. I haven't seen it in probably 30 years. I understand years. why. But, you know, just all those Disney movies like The World's Strongest Man, The Shaggy DA. The Computer that Wore Tennis Shoes. What's that? The Computer that Wore Tennis Shoes. <laughs> I don't know that one. Kurt Russell. Oh, yeah. that's another I don't Kurt know Russell. That one. Yeah, it's a good one. Kurt Russell was a big Disney star. Was, Bad, was Bad News Bears 70s? Yeah, yeah. Really? yeah, definitely not Disney though. Yeah. yeah, and the Bad News Bears and Breaking Training, and the Bad mm-hmm. News Bears in yeah, Japan. Right. Yeah. So grew up watching all those different Disney movies. Whether it was Herbie the Love Bug. Oh yeah. You know, it's just great memories. My dad loved 
Love Don Knotts, the shakiest gun in the West. Oh, I love the yeah. incredible Mr. Limpet. You know, yeah, I, yeah. recently I watched Escape to Witch Mountain. Yeah, that was a good one. Actually, I like the remake and, too, and yeah. Return to Witch Mountain. Yeah, with The Rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was. Who what was the girl? She was in a ton of Disney movies. Kim Richards. That's right. There we go. Why do I have that recall? Yeah, got yeah. no idea. I had a little crush on her back in the day. She was a cutie. She was a cutie. Yeah. Good. No, that was that was my youth. A lot she of... was also in Tough Turf with James Spader oh, in like yeah. 1985-ish. So when you went to the movie theater as a kid, we were just... I grew up in Mansfield, Ohio, and we were just transitioning from... When I first started going to the movies, we either went to the Madison Theater mm-hmm. or the Renaissance Theater. They're the old-style theaters where they had the big balcony... Ornate, yeah, yeah, and the Renaissance Theater they still hold the Miss Ohio pageant there every year. The Madison Theater closed, but they were that old style theater where you know there was hundreds of people, not five different little tiny ones. They had one theater, they're showing a couple of movies, you know. Then, but by the time as I got older, late seventies, early eighties, then by the mall they built an all brand new theater. So. Was your theater kind of the newer style, or did you have the luxury of being able to go to some of the old? Well, I tell you what, the, the very first movie that I went to was with my parents. I could I could vaguely remember it. I don't remember what theater was at, but it was What's Up Doc with mm-hmm. Barbara Streisand. Oh, I know you're a big Babs fan. So uh, maybe that was a, maybe that's why I can't stand her so much. I'm not sure why, but uh, that's the one I went to. With us, like I, that's the only time I remember going to an inside movie theater until like years later. We always went to the drive-ins because mm-hmm. my mom could pop our own popcorn, bring the pitcher of Kool Aid, love it, or maybe some maybe some Pepsi's or mm-hmm. something. Um, you know, four kids, you know, yeah, three dollars for a whole carload or whatever. Like, yes, that's what we're doing. So that's what we did. Uh, when I first started going to the theaters regularly, it was um, over at Great Western, and it had they had two screens. Okay. So, yeah, and then later on the six and thirteen and thirty, and they kept growing. But yeah, what about you, Matt? What's your movie theater experience? Uh, I mean, <clears throat> we didn't go to a lot of movies as a kid. I mean, uh, mom and dad didn't take us to to, to movies. Uh, or well, did take us to the Christian Free Drive-In. Oh, yeah, yes. <laughs> you, you ever heard Christian that? Christian Drive-In no. was free. Jimmy yeah. Ray Electronics. Jimmy yeah. Ray would sponsor Jimmy that. Ray had a, he, it was a, had a, it's a drive-in, mm-hmm. and they would show Christian movies, Distant Thunder, Thief in the Night. Great oh, acting. no. Our the, church used to show those every Sunday yeah. night in <laughs> the summertime. Great scare acting. Scare the crap out of you. Yeah. And, uh, That's when I first got saved, was yeah. Thief in the Night. Oh, and the I actually bought time. that on Amazon a couple <laughs> Years ago. Yeah, well, Watched I, I, I rewatch it every now and then because it's just it's a an awesome, so campy. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. So yeah, I mean, going to church, going to the movies. That was probably my first experience is going to the movies. Okay. Uh, then we, we we did That's some drive. One. We did some drive-ins at South High Drive Drive-in. Uh, I remember going to that a little bit, but then it was it probably wasn't until my teen years that I was going to the movies at South and Mall. Oh yes, yeah. Eastland Southland. That was it. And I, I remember going to 
the Palace Theater and seeing they had like a Three Stooges marathon. One day. <laughs> That's I, awesome. I remember thinking that was the coolest thing in the world. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was kind of neat. That'd be great. That's cool. Yeah, they used to do that like on Saturday Give afternoons. you kazoos. <laughs> Good stuff. Wow. Um, here's some other movies we didn't talk about. Uh, the Exorcist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Enter the Dragon. Now, kung fu movies were huge in the 70s. Yes, they were. They were. Enter the Dragon was the number fourth grossing film of the 70s. Really? Mm-hmm. That's surprising. Um, yeah. And Bruce Lee. Well, according to this list, but I don't think this list is right. But um, that was huge. Like, there were so many rip-off karate movies back then. It was crazy. Um, we didn't really talk about Grease. No, we did not. Huge movie. Great movie. Grossed $188 million. I love that movie. Um, I fell in love with Olivia Newton-John. I did, mm, too. Absolutely. I did too. Everybody did. Um, Everybody did. Yes. Sandy. Um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yep. Carrie. Um, Carrie, yeah. Great. Oh, that was a great movie. You got Travolta was in that one. Yes, he was. You got the greatest American hero. No idea what his William name is. William Cat. There you go. I Sissy. don't remember that. I do not know. I don't know. Sissy Spacey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great cast. Scary movie. How about uh, Deliverance? Deliverance. That's oh. actually a good movie. I like it. Right. Yes. The, Ned B- the Ned Beatty part. Squeal like a pig. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... But that actually was a good movie. Smokey yeah. and the Bandit. Yes. We, we all saw that. Yeah, like, absolutely. I would say absolutely. most everybody listening here probably saw this as a kid. Absolutely. That was a great one. Animal mm. House. We've Animal talked about House. this before. Rocky. Yes. Yeah. Rocky too. I thought also. that was too low hanging of fruit. I was going to go it Rocky. It was. But... Well, see, again, Rocky is one of those those givens. Rocky, Star Wars. Those right. are like the lowest of the low hanging fruits. Just to even talk about this, here's one, Gus. Uh, Gus, <laughs> Gus, yes, that was a, that was a Disney movie. Yes, I like. I saw that actually in a movie theater. Yes, remember that, uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh yeah, I have never seen it. Ah, oh, wow. And and and, and if, I, I'm sure my wife's not listening. And, and I know your wife right. makes you go and sing along no, and dress well, up, no, throw the I've, toast. I've never seen it, and, and she can't understand that I've never seen, seen it. it. She thinks of all... Didn't you go with me and Paul and John and never. Rod and Ron mm-hmm. Rainey? And those never. Guys? I've never wow. went. Wow. Okay. And, and and she she just can't believe that I haven't seen it. She just makes a big deal. She loves to make a big deal. I can't believe he's... Okay. So, those of you that may not know, so Rocky Horror Picture Show is a musical. And for years and years and years, I mean, it came out in 1975. Years and years later... Still, they would have midnight showings at lots and lots of movie theaters, and people would go dressed up as the characters. They would throw rice during the wedding, throw toast. And, it's time for a toast, and people are throwing burnt toast through the air. It's just they would dance and sing in front of the crowd. It was a very lively experience. So if you ever get a chance, go one time. You don't want to go twice. Go one time <laughs> and check that movie out. It's I don't think it's a very good movie. But the experience with the crowd participants has made it a cult classic. For sure. And it's Tim Curry's first movie, and he's uh, he plays a transvestite. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just, I can't, even, I can't even talk to you and explain this movie, but yeah. 
There it is. Give me something to see. The Towering Inferno. Yeah. Which brings up the whole disaster, like airport, airport 77. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, that's right. Earthquake. Like, there were so many of those disaster movies in the 70s that they're just suckers for. Uh, the Sting. Helter Skelter. The Helter Sting. Skelter about Charles Manson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a crazy movie. That, was that scared movie. me to death. I thought he was going to get out of jail and come to my town <laughs> and kill he me. He still may. Yeah, he... <laughs> One flew over the cuckoo's they nest. They say he's dead, but oh yeah, Jack one flew over the cuckoo's nest. The sting, mm-hmm. sting, yeah. yeah. Uh, the spy who loved me. I like all those James Bond movies. Alien, alien. I didn't realize Alien was in the seventies, but mm-hmm. it, it snuck in here in seventy nine. Yeah. But well, yeah. Aliens came out a few years later, the sequel. Yeah. So, but pe- people, I think, remember that more than they do the original Alien. Same kind of cast and so forth. Uh, and Love Story was a huge movie. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Did you um, say Close Encounters of the Third Kind? Yes. Yeah, that's... So I, I remember there's a lot of cheesy movies in the seventies too, like like, like these um, black exploitation films, like Superfly. Oh yes. yeah. They're just made entirely car wash. To- oh, car wash. They're made for the African American <laughs> audience, and they were like very low budget, and it's like you go back and watch some of them now. Like I saw one called Thank God It's Friday recently. Mm-hmm. So Donna Summer stars in it. The Commodores are in it. Oh, wow. Um, music's kind of good. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like some of those movies, I sure. dig them. I sure. dig them. But, uh, it, it, they're very nostalgic. Very nostalgic. Place and time. We started off talking about divorce. Kramer versus Kramer. Was that in the 70s? That is in the 80s. Yeah. Wow. Good stuff. Probably right. one of your favorites. A Star is Born. There oh, it is. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> wow. The Way We Were. The Way... Oh, my goodness. I'm just hitting up all your favorites. Yeah. I remember some of those. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Wow. Good stuff. Yeah. So, we're going to close here with some of the top stars of the 70s. Okay. So... Who do you guys think was the top grossing box office star of the 70s? The top of the 70s? Yeah, the very top. Oh, I'm going to go first. Uh, I mean, if we're going to guess, I mean, I, we're talking like just movie money, TV money? What movie money. Movie? Just what, they, you know, oh, the, what their movies man. did, I think is what this is. Uh, I'll, throw, I'll throw Burt Reynolds out there. <laughs> that's, that's good. He's number two. Is he number two? He's number two. All right, Burt Reynolds. Who's number one? Mm, Robert Redford. You are correct. Robert Redford. Did you Redford. know that or did you just guess it? Are you just it. thinking 70s? He I, I know it. Guy. You know, it's one of those me and Matt quizzing and I'm winning. Oh, here we go. Okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, Harrison Ford would be next. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I'm thinking of, of him in the 70s. I'm thinking Star Wars. I think American Graffiti. Yeah. I can't think of, like, was... I can't, again, all you Star Trek nerds out there, I, I can't Trek. remember if... <laughs> Star Trek, Star Wars. Star Wars. You caught that, didn't you? Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I can't remember if Return of the Jedi was like in 80 or 79. I thought it was 79, so I think he yeah, has so. the two Star Wars, yeah. two of the three in the trilogy. Um, Robert Shaw. Yes. Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall. Mm-hmm. Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. Roy Scheider. Michael Douglas? No. No. Um, James Caan. 
Your girl, Barbara Streisand. You know, she's the only female in the top ten. She is. Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. Ryan O'Neill, Richard Pryor, Paul Newman, Diane Keaton, and Faye Dunaway. So three women in the top 15. Not bad. Crazy. Cray, cray. So that's some of the biggest stars. I mean, there's other people there like um, Al Pacino. Um, did I mention Dustin Hoffman? Yes. Never um, got Dustin Hoffman. Oh, see, I liked him in The Graduate. I liked him in Rain Man. He's had some good roles. Yeah, just yeah. not a guy. Not, I don't know. Something about him and the characters he plays. I don't hate him. Just, Jane Fonda was another big one. So who, who were some of the who were some of the most beautiful women of the seventies? Who were the hotties of the seventies? Oh, we're going there, are we? Wow. Just throwing it out there. Who, who were the seventy hotties? Well, I think we're going to talk about that in a future podcast. Are we? Yes, sir. Okay. We are. Yeah, we are. The, the heart throbs. A little heart so we'll throb. Believe that little part we'll, out there. We'll just say that. So yeah, I'll save this because I got a good one. I've been saving it for weeks. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Here we go. So next week we are going to be back. And we're going to talk about our favorite cartoons and TV commercials oh. of the 70s. Very good. Uh, to Very me, they go good. hand in hand. Absolutely nothing better than the waking up on a Saturday morning in the 1970s. Dude, there, there is something to And I try to recreate that sometimes now. I'll try to, you know, whether I go on YouTube and I'll find some, you know, sat, you know cartoons from back in that time. and try. It's just... You can't recreate that. There was something magical on Saturday morning cartoon. Big bowl of cereal. <gasps> mm, big sugar bowl. Mom Man, and dad are sleeping in. Man. It is yeah. so hard to beat. They loved it, though. You're the only like, one up. You got like, They're not going to bother us as long as the cartoons are on. Got that big mixing bowl and a big... Big spoon, wooden spoon. I'm oh, not allowed to do that. Oh. But uh, I had a normal sized bowl. I need about two or three of those. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could. I, I wish I could have just got the mixing bowl. But that oh, dude, that's great. Stuff. But that's yeah. That was the best. That that was a great. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, so. that'll be a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. A ton of fun. Looking forward to it. So, guys, thanks for joining. Next week, Thanks for having me. next week, maybe the Beatles will get back together. Maybe, maybe. I'll we'll let see. you know. I got some flooring going on. Here we go. All right, yeah, there it is. He's already building up the excuse. Laying groundwork, possible. Laying the floorboards, laying the floorboards. Goodness gracious! To celebrate one of our biggest stars of the '70s. Yes. We're gonna close out here with a little John Travolta. Come on with it. The song is called "Let Her In." It is from 1976 and somehow peaked at number four. Somewhere Don Johnson and Bruce Willis are saying, you've got to be kidding me. Guys, thanks. Take care. We'll see you next week. God bless you. And my head against the wall I've been called You stole fizzy lifting drinks You bumped into the ceiling which now has to be washed and sterilized so you get nothing You lose Good day, sir I said good day